Good evening, everyone. I'm Reverend Tony Lee, the pastor of Community of Hope AME Church, and welcome to the Hope Activism Institute. I am so glad this Thursday night uh, that when God was figuring out the number system, uh, that God did not decide that 45 was the last number. But I'm glad after 45 came 46. And so uh, we are excited about uh, shifts that are happening in this nation. Uh, but in the midst of the shifts, uh, we can never depend on any administration. But our hope is always in God. And in all of that, we often know uh, that it is important for us to be able to uh, be advocates. It's important for us to push for policies no matter what administration so that our communities, so that the least and the left out are taken care of. And so the Hope Activism Institute um, is shaped to be able to help give training, uh, practical training, on how to be able to have an influence in things of policy and organizing and strategizing and in mobilizing. And I thank God uh, for Community of Hope's Minister of Social Justice, Reverend Leslie Dwight, who will be facilitating these online learning experiences, bringing in some of the top thinkers um, in the nation, actually in the world, um, on all things advocacy and activism um, and helping all of us to be able to grow, to be able, all that God has called us to be. And so today I'm excited about today's topic is about digital organizing. And we've got an amazing sister who's going to be blessing us today, the Reverend A. Casimir Brown. And man, she is somebody, somebody. Um, I'm grateful to God for her, grateful to God for her ministry, and grateful to God for how God is using her um, in this season and in this nation. So look, I want to pray and I want to give it to uh, Reverend Dwight and Reverend Brown uh, so they can move us forward along our journey today. God, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you, God, for power. I thank you, God, for strength. But most of all, God, I thank you for shifts. And God, in Jesus' name, even, God, as you've shifted from 45 to 46, God, even as you've got our, our wonderful sister as vice president, God, even as you've got all of that working together, I thank you, God, that you still need us to do our part. You still need us to do our work. You still need us to organize and to strategize and to mobilize. So I thank you for this conversation, for this teaching module that shall happen today. Let it be to your honor, to your glory, and bless your people as we get our communities uh, to be all that you've called them to be. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. We are out here fighting for women's rights because we believe that women's rights are human rights. We are standing up for issues impacting minority communities. We are standing up for the rights of immigrants, the LGBTQIA community, and we're standing up for the issues concerning environmental justice and justice in our education system. When we show up, we stand up and we speak up. Hi, my name is Reverend Leslie Dwight. I'm the Minister of Social Justice at Community of Hope AME Church, and I'm here to welcome you to another edition of the Hope Activism Institute. Tonight's episode is entitled Power to the People. So if you're watching on social media, now is a really good time to hit that share button and let your friends and family know to come on over to see what we're talking about. But if you happen to be watching on any one of our television platforms, or if you're listening on our podcast, this is the time for you to phone and text a friend and tell them to tune in because tonight we're going all in to talk about how we help you raise your voice in these digital spaces. That's right. We'll be focusing on digital organizing. So come on and let's chat. 
So here we are, and I'm so excited to introduce to you Reverend Casimir Brown. She is an expert in the digital organizing space, and she's really going to come and talk to us about the whys and the how-tos and what we need to do to be able to elevate the issues that are important to us and our communities. You know, there are some issues that have been plaguing our communities for a very long time, and it wasn't until the use of technology that we were able to elevate our issues. Police brutality, for example, that wasn't a new issue, but it wasn't until we were able to use the cameras on our cell phones to help elevate our message about what was really taking place in our community. And what about our healthcare issues? You know, we have had access of, of issues around access concerning, you know, good healthcare, quality doctors, and really even addressing the disproportionality of health outcomes that, that take place within our community. All of that, we were able to elevate that message in digital spaces. So today we have again Reverend Casimir Brown who is here to talk to us about digital organizing. She is a native of the San Francisco Bay Area in California. She is an ordained preacher. She's a reverend in the AME Church and she thinks of herself as a person who serves at the intersectionality of faith and politics and community. So welcome with me Reverend Casimir Brown. Reverend Brown, you. how you doing? This is so exciting. Thank you for bringing me on. Thank you for um, coming on to really talk to us today and give us real insight into the world of digital organizing. So look, before we get started into you know that space, by the time that our viewers are watching this segment, we have a new president, President Joe Biden. Inauguration has taken place, and we also have a new vice president, Madam Vice President, right? I, I don't know about you, but I'm really excited about that. Kamala Harris. Look, I wore my pearls. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Love it. But look, I wanted to um, talk to you about the Biden agenda because, you know, before we get started in this conversation, because a lot of what has happened and a lot of, about what has been put forth on his agenda has come forth because people have been organizing and even in a COVID environment, they've had to use digital organizing. So, you know, he's promised that people who make $400,000 or less annually, they won't um, see an increase in taxes. He, on his agenda, he is dealing with immigration reform, undoing some of the policies from the last administration, healthcare reform. He agrees that this is system, that the system needs to be transformed. And so that is something that he'll be focusing on. There are so many areas. And can we just talk about, you know, education and the canceling of student loan debts? Okay. <laughs> Again, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I know that um, in many spaces, a lot of these issues that are being lifted up are only on that agenda because people have organized and people have used this digital tool of this digital organizing piece. Talk to me about that. What are your thoughts about this new administration and, you know, how, how we've gotten here to where we where we're going with this agenda? Actually, I think you really bring up an excellent point. And one of the really wonderful things that we're seeing is that the agenda is through the effort of many conversations, many conversations with movements, uh, many conversations with community organizers, with digital organizers. And this is, this is like a direct example of what a win looks like. A win looks like being able to have an agenda that you're pushing forward and you're pushing it forward in such big ways that you're getting the ears of the, of the next administration. And I know um, one of the movements that I'm part of, the Poor People's Campaign, like we've been having conversations and we can see our work directly um, 
a part of the next, you know, administration's agenda with many other uh, movement work being a part of that conversation as well. So it's exciting to see your work uh, kind of blossom and flourish in this way, but recognizing that that is just one of the first steps. Like the first step, yes, is getting to the ear of folks. And then the next step is to push forward so we can actually see it implemented and see it come to pass. Absolutely. So why don't you just start out and tell us, for those of us who don't know what digital organizing is, tell us what it is. Absolutely. So when I think about digital organizing, I'm a person, I try to think about the, the definition. So for me, the first thing that comes to mind is organizing. What is organizing? And for me, I think about organizing being this opportunity for people to come together around a problem, around an issue, and bring awareness to it in the hopes of seeking a solution for it. So organizing is literally coming together, folks coming together, and it could be as long as you have another person, <laughs> you're organizing. Of course, you probably want a little bit more than two people, but a lot of work can get done. So we never want to discount you know, the idea of having just a, uh, the, we don't want to discount it saying that you need a whole bunch of people to move your agenda. You can do so much with the remnant of folks that are just, they have a clear focus and they have an agenda and they have opportunities to express their solutions. So for me, organizing is coming together around a problem, looking for a solution. And the digital aspect is using digital tools to push forward that agenda. So we can talk a little bit more about what those digital tools look like, but to me, it's just using the digital resources that we have to push forward solutions towards a problem that we're seeing. Absolutely. So what kind of issues should we be organizing around? The beautiful thing about organizing is that it can be any issue. <laughs> it truly does not have to be limited to one thing. And I think that's really, um, and I see that kind of being the future of organizing, is that when we are organizing around work, we have access to so much information. And what we're seeing is that the issues that we care about, whether it is health care, whether it is poverty eradication, uh, addressing systemic racism, um, police brutality, all those the environment, all those different things, we're seeing that they have a tie together with one another. They're not isolated incidences. They're not uh, void of having uh, statistics that overlap. Um, and, you know, we can see that even in education and things like that. And so, you can truly organize around any issue area that you want. And one of the biggest things to think about for organizing is to be able to identify what it is that you're organizing around. I know that might seem very basic, but it's actually it can be pretty tough at times because how we define the problem, how we're defining the issue is one of the greatest steps of being able to look for solutions, look forward towards who are the people we should be getting that, you know, to, to help us with this? Who should we be addressing these solutions to? Who should be a part of the conversations as far as how it's impacting folks um, and, and how, how we should be moving it forward? So I would say it doesn't matter. You don't have to narrow yourself to, to one issue. And, and you also don't need to have all, you don't have to have an organizing agenda that has everything in it too. It's really thinking about what you truly care about, what you truly want to push forward, and then going with that and finding other people who care about those same issues and moving that forward. 
you know, I, as I, as you were talking, one of the things that I was thinking about is that your issue doesn't have to be magnanimous, right? Like, you know, I think when we think about organizing sometimes, some of the images that come to mind are these big protests that we've seen happen um, for a very long time, all throughout the summer, you know, and historically. But sometimes organizing can just be gathering your neighbors together and Absolutely. dealing with some of the issues that are taking um, place in your community. It can be, you know, working with with an HOA, it could be, um, if you don't, absent from that, it can be like if you're in an apartment complex and you have slumlords, right? Organizing your community around that. I just, I want people to think about how they're able to engage on a personal level because it's not always on that, you know, scale of something like a, a major citywide protest, right? Absolutely. And so with organizing, it can be around local issues. It can be around your neighborhood issues. It can be around uh, school districts, schools in particular. It can be city, state, country, international. I mean, the scope is as broad or as, you know, as localized as you want it to be. And I think that is something to take in consideration as far as when you are defining the problem, when you're looking at the issues to think about who does, this, who does this impact? Does it impact people across the state? Does it impact people in a particular parish or county? Does it impact people in a particular school district? Does it impact a particular neighborhood when it comes to uh, health, uh, health concerns? And, and I really want to emphasize that when it comes to thinking about the scope of it, that you, you truly think about when you define the problem, who is, who's at the table? Who's at the table as far as who is this impacting? And are they, are all these the same voices that are coming in and helping inform how we're going out, how we're reaching out to people, how we're defining, are you getting the voices of the people that the problem is actually impacting? And that might take a little bit of time and that's where the organizing work comes, comes into play, uh, reaching out to people, whether it's your neighbors, whether it's people across the county, whether people across the state or across the country. And the beautiful part about digital organizing is that we have an opportunity to potentially reach more people than we would have had if, had we just been not using any type of digital resource as well. Right. So talk to us a little bit about the how to. So I may off the break know what my issue is. Um, in a climate like this, we can pick any number of issues. One of the things that's coming um, up at the top of my head is this evictions issue um, yes. where, you know, in, in the midst of a pandemic, yes. um, there's been a moratorium on evictions and foreclosures. But at some point, that's going to be lifted. Um, and that's something that's going to affect thousands if upon thousands of people. And I don't think that up right as just one example, but somebody else may be experiencing something different. But what's the how-tos of digital organizing? Where do I begin? Oh, that's a great question. There are so many different ways. I mean, one of the ways, and I'm a big proponent of seeing what exists already, see what organization, see what groups, see what communities are already doing that work. And seeing how you can get plugged into that work. I think oftentimes when we think about doing organizing, we don't have to think about, you know, inventing the wheel all over again. A lot of times the issues that we see other people are seeing and they're experiencing the same way. And people have been doing this work for a very long time. Unfortunately, they're doing it for a very long time because the problem is not being addressed. And that's what we want to, that's what we're trying to move forward for actually to being addressed. So do your research is for actually finding out 
who's doing this? So if you're interested in, in, in housing, look up, you know, housing, you know, housing um, organizations, you know, eviction organizations. How, uh, how can I get connected with those who are getting evicted in a particular area? Well, and you can define what that area is, state, city, uh, county, however. And then if you can't find it, then that might be where you say, hmm, maybe I need to start something and then get going about and literally just start having conversations with people. Um, and I know in this digital age, you know, that that's reaching out on social media, that's picking up the phone and calling somebody, texting somebody, emailing somebody and just asking, hey, are you seeing this issue that I'm seeing? What do you think we should be doing about it? Is it affecting you the same way it's affecting me? A part of organizing is literally starting that relationship building around what you're experiencing, what you're seeing as being this common problem. And I would say that is the, the first step is identifying, you know, where you where where do you actually find your passion? Where do you find like what are you drawn to? And then seeing if there's other people that are also drawn to it. And if you can't find it, then you being that catalyst for it. Um, after you do that, seeing seeing what the efforts are, seeing you know how they're approaching the different you know the different issues, and with digital age and especially with pandemic, there is um, there is such a variety of ways that we can away raise awareness to our issues. Now that can be through social media and all the different platforms that you can possibly think about. If you can record a video or put some text up somewhere or a picture, you can absolutely amplify an issue. So it might be social media. It might be, you know, for those who are able going out into the streets and protesting. For those who are able, it might be actually joining a digital community or digital march. It might be attending a, 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 pro, a digital program or a virtual program of something. So there are some first ways. Try to see if there's any programming. Is there any service? Is there any actions or meetings that are happening happening um, that are around the areas that you care about. And that's your opportunity to see who else is in that community of, of that's doing the work that you want to do as well. Do you have any tips for um, if I feel like I'm in a situation by myself um, or that I'm the only person that's going through this? Do you have any tips for how we can find people that um, may be experiencing like situations? Oh, that's a very good question. Hmm. I mean, the first thing that I'm thinking about is that I, I do want to also say for digital organizing, we have to have a very real conversation that not everybody has access to the internet. Right. Not everybody has the same access to the internet. Not everybody has devices. There's still a technological gap and divide in this country and throughout this world. Yes, we, you know, we, we have phones, we have tablets and computers, not everybody has access to that. And so I do want to put that out there um, as, as being a very real barrier for people. Um, so the things that we're saying is, is not uh, taking for granted that having this is, is, is truly not accessible to all. Um, and we could talk about access and things like that. But for those of us who do have access to the internet, do have access to, to devices, it, I would, you know, start with what you have access to. So if you're on social media, I mean, looking up hashtags, like if you, you know, care about a particular area, if it's, um, mental health, you know, you can look up a, a hashtag of, you know, mental health advocacy, you can go and do a Google search. If you, you can have conversations with your friends, with your community, with people around you and ask them, hey, 
I care about this particular issue. Do you care about it? If they don't, do you know any, or do you know of any organizations that is doing this work? Do you know any other people who might care about this? See who's in your network that can give you insight to that first step to guiding you towards your, your, your advocacy community, I would say. And that is such a huge thing. And I really want to emphasize that because it's that, it's that community, it's that advocacy community that is what is able to push forward toward solution. We cannot discount the power of the people. It literally takes just a few folks to come together and to say, this is not right. We want to change it and to amplify that message and to see it actually come into fruition. And so I cannot stress enough, finding the people, sometimes just when you feel alone in it, I guarantee you're not alone. There is somebody out there that is caring about the exact same issues. And I know it can get kind of hard, but I would definitely start plugging in if it's Twitter, if it's Facebook, if it's Instagram, we got Clubhouse, we got all these different, we got, you know, Snapchat, we got all these different things, TikTok, and, and seeing are there, are there certain voices that are expressing similar opinions to, to how you're feeling? And then reaching out to them and seeing if they have any resources and kind of doing it in that type of snowball effect. No, I think that's great. And even, you know, I'm glad that you brought up the whole digital um, situation where everybody may not have access to a device. Um, but, you know, old school picking up the telephone and, you know, phoning a friend and just, you know, just in having the conversation about your situation, I think sometimes is um, what gets the wheels turning, right? So building the empathy around the situation that you care about and, you know, just continuing to have that dialogue, you never know who will end up in your network. And one of the things that, um, you know, I'll do sometimes if I'm wondering like who out there cares about an issue, if it's just me, I'll put the question out on, on Facebook. Right? Your <laughs> and I've been surprised about how many people have chimed in on a on a question that I thought or an yeah. issue that I thought I only I cared about. So thank you so much for that insight. And the other thing that I'll say about that is that you're really piggybacking off of a lot of the pieces that we talked around last week in terms of advocacy. I, being able to clearly identify your issue, being able to do your research. But the piece that you highlighted that I really love the most um, came when I asked the question about isolation. And you were basically like, if you can't find, you know, another group that's out there doing it, do it. Be the catalyst, be the change. That's the whole reason why we're here today. And that leads me into my next question. In Maryland, there are a lot of things that are at play this legislative season. Our legislative season just started. Um, We have a lot on the line to be able to continue the work that was started in the prior uh, session. So for example, um, education is on the line in this legislative season. Our governor um, vetoed the Kerwin bill, which which brought equity to our justice, um, not equity justice, but it brought educational justice uh, to our our students and to our teachers. Um, HBCUs were were standing to be able to um, receive funding because they had been inadequately funded for years and that went away with the with the cause being pointing to COVID. Um, police brutality is a big issue that's at play in Maryland. A lot of folks are putting um, legislation on the line to increase police accountability. But one thing that we know for sure is that we're going to get pushback from police unions around that. So what are some of the Um, ways that people can begin to digitally organize around these issues or any other issue that's taking place? 
Yeah, that's a great question. When I think about organizing and, and whether it's digital or not digital, one of the first things that I'm thinking about is that, okay, if I can clearly see what one of the problems is and I, and I can be able to identify what that problem is to find what it is, next step, finding the community. And, and I really want to also emphasize that a lot of the times we are addressing problems that have been going on for a very long time. And so with that being said, we also have to think about our commitment to our efforts for the long, for the long haul, basically. Not saying that it's going to take us, you know, you know, as long as it did beforehand, but to say that we have to have some type of long-term commitment to see it through and to recognize that as we're pushing forward for solutions, as we're pushing towards a new paradigms, new worlds, new realities, that that's going to, that's going to require uh, a lot of different things happening at once. And, and I really want to say for, for that, when you start beginning the organizing work, you're identifying your problem, you're finding your communities. Next, you're thinking about your tactics. How are you bringing awareness both inwardly into your community and outwardly? And what I mean by that is that one of the things you are doing in organizing is that we are building our organizing power. So we might be starting with five people, 10 people, 50 people, 500 people. There is never a time where we don't want to continue to, to, to continue to build out that base and to build out that support. And that requires having some type of internal communication that allows us to learn and to stay up to date with our issue and to stay up to date with what's happening and to educate others that might not know what the issues are or what, what, the, or what the problem is or what the solution might be. So there's always this uh, internal education that has to happen. And you're hoping that in that internal education that you're building outwardly. In addition, there's an education towards the, the people that you believe that can help you with your problem. So part of one of the things in organizing is identifying who holds the keys? Who holds the keys to your solutions? And that can get trickier than, than some people might <laughs> then realize. It might be one individual, it might be a group of individuals, it might be an institution. So being able to direct the your problem towards the correct person or persons is a huge aspect because if you're saying that you want, you know, a, a change in and funding for education, but you're not, but you're directing it to somebody who works, you know, in parks and rec, obviously that's an extreme case, but you can see what I'm saying. Like you want to direct it towards the school board or to those who are making the policies for that. And then once you are, once you have identified who that you want to be working with and who holds the keys, then you want to also educate them and say, and say that here we have a problem. Now, some people might be aware of it, some might not be aware of it, but there's also an education of this is how we're defining the problem. This is how we're seeing the problem. This is how it's impacting us. And there's always gonna be the education as to how it's impacting people. Cause oftentimes we don't know how it's impacting others unless people tell us. So educating the very people that hold the keys. And then afterwards, not only are you educating them on that, but then you're asking for certain solutions. We're saying, here's the problem. Here's what we think is a potential solution. And it, I feel like that's one of the, one of the ways that you can think about organizing steps. And then 
the back and forth, and I wouldn't even say back and forth, I would say it's like a cycle. Is it is continuous to have the conversation with the people that hold the keys, because that might change. It might be another person elected. It might be another institution that holds um, that holds power over the thing that you want to push forward. So it's constantly trying to keep up to date with that. But it, it truly is, I would say the steps is identifying the problem, finding your community, educating inwardly and outwardly, and then seeing it through. Seeing it through. And there's a lot of ways that you can amplify your message, whether that's through social media, whether that is actually attending. A lot of these uh, institutions and people have meetings and they used to be at, you know, during work hours and you couldn't get to them. Now it's at the click of a button. If you have a Zoom link, you can attend, you know, these meetings uh, very quickly. And so you can be a part of having, having those conversations in new ways. Yes, it can be going out in the streets. Yes, it can also be writing op-eds, writing newsletters. Um, and, and I would also, not discount. And I would say all those are tools that should be utilized, not just one exclusive, you know, we're only using social media, we're only using op-eds, we're only attending meetings, um, writing letters, signing petitions, all those tools I would recommend being used. And, you know, maybe not all at once, but at strategic times. Right. You know, I'm going to give a really good example of, um, what you just kind of wrapped up for us in terms of, you know, power building and knowing who's in power and, and information, um, aware, informational awareness, I guess, building that awareness around your issue. In my community, we were having an issue probably around the summertime. Um, it was a public safety issue, right? We were having all sorts of things going on. At first, it was the ongoing fireworks. Some of you will remember that. Like, well after the 4th of July, the fireworks kept going all night long, right? But then the fireworks issue turned into drag racing issues. And the drag racing issues turned into now we're seeing petty thefts in our community. It was an ongoing public safety issue. And one of the things that, you know, I did, my community doesn't have the HOA. And I was able to reach out to my community through a message board. So some of you all might remember, or you guys might have access to Nextdoor. And this is a good way of trying to figure out who shares your concerns. Well, when I went on Nextdoor um, and I was like, has anybody noticed, has anybody seen this? And all of a sudden there's a flood of people that are, are talking about what they're uh -huh. seeing. And now you've built a community around your issue. And so we, we went from talking about it to doing something about it. Um, from there, we did just what you talked about. Our community doesn't have an HOA. And we called together a Zoom meeting with our community police officer. And, you know, our community police officer educated us with some of the limitations that, you know, he was experiencing. That goes, feeds into directly you talking about knowing who holds the keys and who holds the power. So what did we do? We called our state delegate and our state delegate jumped on a Zoom call with us and we, you know, talked through our issues and our state delegate was like, well, that's cool, but some of these issues I can't do anything about either. And so these are the people that you need to bring to the table and my office is going to help you. And so we're at, as this process is moving along, 
we're coalition building, right? Bringing the necessary partners and the stakeholders together so that we can resolve an issue in our community. And the reason that I took the time to walk through my lived experience is so that people understand that it's the power of the people, like you said, it only takes one person to make a difference in a community. Because we did that, we started to see our crime numbers drop down. We started to see the calls for service drop down. We still have a lot of work to do, but it was the power of one person just reaching out to other people saying, is anybody else seeing what I'm seeing? Yes. Let's do something about it, right? Absolutely. So I, I love, love that, that example. example. <laughs> Thank you. So I want to um, ask one more question. Um, let's talk about the tools that are necessary, because what happens if I'm not social media savvy? How do I, what kind of tools are available to me to be able to engage in this work of um, digital organizing? Great question. So once again, that goes to access. Um, and I also want to say for as you're building your community, um, your advocacy community and finding and finding that for yourself to be mindful that as you're building power, um, that your community is probably going to have uh, different needs. So to be mindful, there might be language needs, there might be interpretation needs, there might be uh, visibility needs, and not all platforms are uh, compatible with that. So I just want to bring that up too because oftentimes when we think about a community we might think about a community that can communicate with us in the ways that we're, we're used to but what I'm seeing is that people we have people speaking different language we have people that need interpreters we need people that have that need bigger fonts that have audio that have text and captioning so to be mindful of the access that you're providing um, and and to and if you're not hearing that being expressed in your community to ask your community hey is everybody comfortable using these platforms do, do they meet the needs can everybody access them and if not maybe finding a couple different ways to build that base. So I just want to put that out there because that goes to the tools that we're using. And so when I think about the tools that you can use, even if you're, you know, quote unquote, not tech savvy, I would say that it is never too late to learn a different platform. Um, and we're, we're constantly seeing that. We've seen that, especially in the day, in the age of COVID. I mean, how many of us were using Zoom before COVID? Some people were, not a lot of us were. And that was a, a learning curve. And it's still a learning curve each time I put out a new <laughs> update for it. And so, and you think about these uh, tech platforms, they're being updated, they're changing their, you know, their user faces, they're changing what you're, uh, what you have access to. And I feel like one of the things that we can do is to see it as not, um, see it as not being a barrier as far as like, oh, I'm never going to know this platform, I'm not really good at it. And see it more as everybody's learning it at the same time. Everybody is going through a different learning curve and not to um, let that be a barrier. Like if you're not comfortable with somebody, find somebody who is. Take some time to, to learn it for yourself as well. And, and don't hesitate and think that everybody else has it figured out. They don't. <laughs> they absolutely don't. Um, and use that as an opportunity to also build your community as well. So I just want to put that out there for those who are like, oh, I'm not tech savvy. I can't really do anything. I would say you actually are more savvy than you think you are. Um, and then don't see that as a barrier to not learn new things, too. On top of that, um, there might be some platforms and certain things that you feel very comfortable with. Go with that. 
I know that when we've done uh, text banking or phone banking for, for different, um, you know, getting out the vote or, you know, asking people if they're interested in X, Y, and Z, uh, some people are more comfortable of picking up the phone and having conversations. Other people were like, I'd rather just text a person. That's fine. Know what you're comfortable with. There's other people who are saying, I'm, I'm more comfortable, you know, writing letters, you know, and, and mailing them or sending an email, finding out what you're comfortable with or what, what you're, um, also what you have time for, because let's be very real, organizing takes time and knowing what how much time you have to give and not to think that you you know for those who are who that's their life's work and getting paid that's wonderful but a lot of the organizing efforts is coming from folks who have one or two jobs and they're caretaking for children or for elders or for themselves and they're doing it in the midst of everything else that's happening in their lives so recognizing that the time constraints are are very real but it's and so that sort of might help gauge what you might be able to participate in or not participate in and realize not one person has to do everything. That's the beauty of organizing is that you have many folks being able to, to help fill in the gaps when somebody can't do one thing and it shouldn't ever rely on just one person um, having to do everything. Everybody should be able to do a couple of different things to fill in. And so some of the resources you can use um, is yes, you have having Zoom is a very popular one, um, being able to access that. Um, there is opportunities for signing petitions. And now I know we've heard clicktivism, but you know, clicking a button and signing a petition, that's powerful. You can get hundreds and thousands of people to click a button and, and, and then you have hundreds of thousands of people backing a particular priority, backing a particular agenda. Um, if I would say, Another way is to find the numbers of your representatives, whether that is your local representatives, whether it's your state ones, whether it's your federal representatives, find the phone numbers of their offices and call in. If you have an issue that can be addressed, and I love that you said that some of the people that you uh, asked, they're like, I really can't help you with this, which it's good to know what people can and can't help you with. And then also they said, oh, but I can help you find the person. So you might reach out to an elected official or somebody you think that might have the key and they're like, oh, I'm actually not the right person. Well, find that other person, get on the phone, leave a message. It is extremely powerful. They have aides, they have people working in their offices that are literally, their job is to find out what are my constituents saying? What are the issues that keep coming up? And they, you know, they work for the people. So if you have enough people calling in, if you have enough people writing letters and sending in emails and bringing that to attention, it's in their best interest to listen and to reach out. So I would definitely use those as resources for people to, to utilize social media. You know, if you see something that you want to amplify and get people to, to help support or to turn out numbers in a virtual event, that's extremely powerful. That has impact that you're able to, you know, then use that number and say, hey, we had, you know, this many people attend our event. You want to listen to us because we represent all these different groups. Um, so there's so many different ways digitally that you can get involved. Um, and then, you know, the ways that, you know, listening to the radio, listening to podcasts, listening, you know, what's the, what's happening on the news, all that feeds into not only, not only information sharing, but ways that you can also feed back into yourself and help shift that narrative as well.
Right. So there are two things that I want to add to what you said. Um, one, one of the things that you find sometimes in doing your digital organizing and your networking is that a person may not be able to resolve your issue, but they may have influence in getting you to the person who can resolve your issue. Absolutely. So don't underestimate the power of continuing to tell your story um, and then continuing to network so that you can get to the right space. The other thing that I wanted to kind of highlight as a, as a tool, because on social media, everything is about um, graphics. And I, you may not be a graphic designer to help get, you know, design something to get your message out. But Canva, is, Canvas is a- Oh my goodness, how could I forget Canva? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I would also say Poster My Wall, where they have templates of things that are already done and you just go ahead and you put in your information and they'll size it for you for whatever social media platform you want, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, so they, you have you don't have to have a million dollar team around you, but you have some free access to tools right at your fingertips. And we will post that information um, later in our, in our broadcast. But some of the tools that you talked about um, in terms of contacting your legislators are available to you already if you visit www hiphopenation.com, go to our recent articles section and you'll see our um, resource guide for advocacy. And in that guide are already listed the contact um, information for your legislators, whether they are your congressional leaders or your state leaders or your local officials. So thank you for bringing that up. So our, Absolutely. Time, our time is almost <laughs> to an end. And I wanted to um, ask you a closing question. Give us a feel-good story. Tell us about a time that digital organizing has actually worked for you and you got the win. Absolutely. And I and before I answer that, I also want to lift up for organizing. Uh, we hear a lot about um, like getting research to back what we're saying and using our voices and our stories. And for our artists out there, oh my goodness, we need y'all. We need art and movements. We need art and organizing. So if you're a singer, songwriter, poet, digital artist, collager, what have you, we need that as a part of lifting up the message. So when we think about messaging, it's not just, you know, words on a page and maybe different fonts, what have you. It is picture. It's something that gets people to feel what you're trying to convey. So I absolutely want to lift that up because some of the things, it might be too wordy to put it up, but you, you capture a picture and you're like, wow, I see it. I understand it. And it might even draw people in even more so. Um, because what we're, for especially in organizing work, we're addressing issues that make us feel something, that, that, that pull on our heartstrings. And we, ought, and we absolutely don't want to ever disconnect the real lived experiences that are connected to the very things that we're trying to help change for the better. So I absolutely wanna lift that one up as well. A feel good story, oh my goodness. In the digital organizing space, I think there's, and I, and, I, and I think I would say there's many, but I know we're also in a paradigm where there's a lot of things shifting. Uh, for me, I would say one of the things that I'm part of um, is the Poor People's Campaign. And what we saw for our June 20th, we had a mass mall march. This is something that we would have, would have had 
in person in DC, bringing you know hundreds of thousands of folks, you know, to the nation's capital to to bring forth what our policy agenda is, what we care about, uh, uplifting you know the five interlocking injustices that we're you know trying to change. And when COVID happened, that was just not available. You know, it was not safe to bring people out. It was not safe to bring people together in you know big crowds. And especially earlier on, we had even less information. And so one of the big wins was that we transformed something that was supposed to be in person into completely, you know, completely digital. Mm -hmm. And with that digital platform, we got, you know, two close to 3 million people to join online wow. to lift up, not just here's the facts around the issues that we, you know, that we're trying to address with systemic poverty and racism and ecological devastation and the war economy and religious nationalism. Not only did we talk about those things, but you heard the voices in which it impacted. So it wasn't just a whole bunch of numbers of like, you, do you know every dollar of your taxes, 53 cents goes to, you know, defense. It goes to a war economy, not social programs, war economy. It's like, oh, well that, that hit home and that, you know, I can register it here. But then when you hear the voices, you know, I'm a, I'm a mother and I work a job that pays me less than $4 an hour. Right. You're like, whoa. That, that's completely different than just reading yeah. it. Yeah. And then when you also mix that with, we had uh, theomusicology and cultural arts. We had a song, we had poetry. When you bring that all together, I, it was just a, such a pivotal moment where you said, wow, we can bring together millions Millions that probably might not even come together because they might have had the resources to come to the Capitol or they might have been able to get time off for their job or it might not have been on the radar. But because we had a digital presence, we were able to reach so many more people, perhaps, than we would have even in person. We don't know. We, what we do know is that there's three million people that came together around an issue that was supposed to be in person and now is completely digital and we're still moving forward in it. And I think that's a huge win. We're still seeing how the narrative that we're pushing that we pushed forward in the summer has now taken shape in this new administration and we're going to continue push that forward so i would definitely say that is a that would be a, a big win for the digital organizing community as well yeah that's huge that's huge that's the power of storytelling and getting people to yes in its basic form um listen where can people follow and find you <laughs> so i would of course Ask people to check us out on the Poor People's Campaign. That's a movement that I'm, you know, deeply care about, deeply moved, and we we definitely need more people to be plugged in. There's state campaigns that you can get plugged in, and and we're doing we're launching these 14 policy platforms that are really exciting. A lot of things that you mentioned are on there too. So definitely check us out at www.poorpeoplescampaign.org. And then, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest ways that you'll find me <laughs> there. I'm, my, my work is very much there. I'm in that community. Um, and I mean, I have social media, but I mean, I I'm more present um, out, out with the Poor People's Campaign. So that's where you can probably find me the most. Perfect. Well, look, this conversation has been a rich conversation. And I just believe that this is going to be transformative for so many people out there watching today. Thank, Thank you. you for having this. This is such a wonderful thing. This is exciting. I'm really excited when you told me about this. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our pastor, Reverend Tony Lee, for encouraging us and in 
creating this space really for us to have this conversation because if you walk away with nothing else from this conversation is that the power belongs to the people the power is in the people this conversation today married with the conversation that we had last week advocacy and digital organizing go hand in hand they are both tools in your tool belt to get engaged in this activism work you don't have to have a million million dollar budget you don't have to belong to a mega church you just have to have the passion to go after the change you want to see so thank you so much for joining us today we hope that you follow us again next week because we'll be back to continue this conversation next thursday at seven o'clock p.m have a great evening and we'll see you soon bye bye